Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm Daniel Nevins, and today we'll be studying Tractate Yoma, Yud Aleph, page 11, A and B. Anyone who is familiar with the Shema has said the words, Uchtavtam Uvisharecha. You shall inscribe these words on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Since we already discussed the mezuzah of the high priest's high holiday apartment, the Gemara now sticks with the subject, considering other domiciles that may or may not require a mezuzah. First, a general rule. Houses, courtyards, town gates, and city gates all require a mezuzah. Tanu Rabbanan, v'sha'arecha, echad sha'arei vatim, ve'echad sha'arei chatserot, ve'echad sha'arei medinot, ve'echad sha'arei ayarot, yish behem chobat mitzvah l'makom, mishum sh'neamar uchtavtam amzobi techabi sh'arecha. Now that is all well and good uh, for Jewish communities that are fully autonomous. But what about towns that have a mixed population, or even a majority Jewish population, but are still under Gentile rule? How assertive should the Jewish community be about marking its ritual space? This question is surely relevant to many modern Jewish communities, whether they are putting up mezuzot, or the Eruv, or even a menorah in the public square. The Babylonian Talmud was composed in a non-Jewish society, controlled by the Sassanids, who were Zoroastrians, and were not particularly tolerant of public demonstrations of Jewish ritual. The Amora Abaye asks Rav Safra about the public gates of Mechoza, a heavily Jewish suburb of the Sassanid capital, Stesiphon. Apparently, these gates had a guardhouse that served as a residence for jailers. How come they didn't require a mezuzah? Don't we learn in Ebrita that a synagogue, which has an apartment for the Chazan, by which they meant a superintendent, not a cantor, must have a mezuzah. Abaye answers his own question, that such a structure does indeed require a mezuzah, but it would be too dangerous for the Jewish community to place it there. Mishum sakana, because of danger, they relaxed the obligation. After all, mezuzot on public buildings must be inspected twice every 50 years, and the Gentile population might suspect the Jews of sorcery. To buttress this argument, the Stam, or editor of the, of the Talmud, cites a story in the name of Rabbi Yehuda from the Galilean town of Tzipori. There, a Jewish official was fined by the Romans a thousand zuzim for doing just this, inspecting a public mezuzah. This is a bit of a peculiar argument by the Gemara, citing a case from centuries earlier in a entirely different country, which resulted in a fine and no violence against the Jewish community. But that, nevertheless, is the concern, that there is danger and therefore the obligation need not be uh, exercised. There's an old Jewish idea attributed to Rabbi Eliezer 
that shluchei mitzvah ein nizokim, people who are doing a mitzvah or are sent to do a mitzvah are never hurt. This idea is probably familiar to you. Have you ever given somebody a dollar or received a dollar before going on a trip, perhaps to Israel? The concept is that because you are carrying the dollar to give to tzedakah, you are shaliach mitzvah, you are a mitzvah messenger, and therefore nothing wrong can happen to you. Well, inspecting mezuzahs for the public is certainly such a mission. So why should a baye or anyone worry about checking out some mezuzah twice every 50 years? The Talmud relies on common sense. If the danger is well established, you don't take risks. As we say, ain sum chinalanes, don't count on a miracle. That is, by the way, good advice. And it also is indicative, I think, of the, um, the level of danger perceived by our ancestors in Babylonia during this particular period. We, whether we live in America or in another diaspora community, uh, may also find ourselves wondering just how safe is it to uh, exhibit my Jewishness whether by wearing a kippah, for example, or putting a mezuzah outside um, in the building, in the public area of the building. We're always trying to assess exactly how safe we feel. Apparently, here in the Talmud, um, Abayi did not feel safe enough to instruct that the mezuzah be placed in the city gates. There follows a long discussion about various storehouses and barns that wouldn't normally require mezuzah because they're there to hold animals or other types of um, objects, except maybe they're used as dressing rooms for women, and therefore maybe they do require mezuzah. An important principle is established that we don't place mezuzot in places of filth, such as toilets or public washrooms, nor in places which are primarily changing rooms where we are naked, um, nor in places where animals live, nor in places of storage of um, of objects where people don't actually spend the night. But let's continue toward the end of side B, where we learn the somewhat obvious rule that three types of residents do require a mezuzah, a synagogue, a woman's house, and Beit Shutafim, a place shared by roommates. In Hebrew, Tanu Rabbanan, Beit HaKneset, Ubeit HaIsha, Ubeit HaShutafim, Chayavet B'mezuzah. Now the Gemara says, Pshita, that's obvious, is it not? Maudetema, what might I have thought when it says, Beitecha, your house, that of course is using a pronominal suffix, that is to say, it's saying your singular masculine house, that might imply that a woman's house or a house shared by several men um, would not be included. So you might think a house occupied only by a woman or by multiple men would not require mezuzah. Of course, this is a bit absurd. The Torah frequently uses the masculine pronominal suffix inclusively to refer to women and to the public. But the sages do derive a useful lesson here in the name of Rava. He says, Beitecha, your house, perhaps means derech biatcha, the way of your entering, the way you come in. Where to place the mezuzah at the entrance to the home? On the right side as you enter, since people usually set off on the right foot. And this is useful. Any person who has hung a mezuzah on the front door of their house has had to ask the question, do I put it on the right or the left? The right as I enter or the right as I depart? Now we know from Rava that it's the way that you enter the house and on the right side. 
The daf ends with a similar discussion about a verse that describes a house belonging to a man. The verse says, Uva asher lo habayit, then the one who owns the house will come. This verse has nothing to do with mezuzot, but it's rather concerned with negaim, a type of house mold that indicated ritual impurity. Again, the question is whether homes owned by women or by several men or a synagogue are included in this regulation. The major consideration of this complicated discussion is whether these buildings have residences within them. The general principle of mezuzah has been established. Whether private or public, any building that has a residence for Jews requires a mitzvah. Only rooms that are primarily for storage or for animals or are filthy or for public washing are exempt. And if it is considered too dangerous to place or inspect mezuzot in public areas, one should not rely on a miracle, but rather exercise caution and not place the mezuzah in such structures. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.